0: Okay, nextoko eks. Netan ni kopita kima totose sek set up. Netsekak. Netsekakomen. I love everyone in this room right now. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I I don't have words. I um I just spoke a bit of Blackfeet language, the beautiful community, nation that raised me, that encouraged me to keep going, keep doing this. Um, I'm here with my mom, <laughs> who um, even though she's not Blackfeet, worked tirelessly to get our language into our classroom, so I had a Blackfeet language teacher growing up. Iks um, <laughs> to um, Edward Northpagan. Um, this award belongs to, and it's—I I hope I don't get counted down too fast because this is an historic one. Um, I'm so grateful that I can speak even a little bit of my language, which I'm not fluent in up here, because in this business, um, native actors used to speak their lines in English, and then the sound mixers would run them backwards to accomplish native languages on camera. Um, this is an historic win. It doesn't belong to just me. I'm holding it right now. I'm holding it with all of my beautiful sisters and the film at this table over here and my mother, Tantu Cardinal, standing on all of your shoulders. Um, thank you. Thank you, Marty. Thank you, Leo. Thank you, Bob. You, um, you are all changing things. Thank you for being such allies. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Chief Standing Bear and big ol' way we na to Wajajay, uh, the Osage Nation. This, um, I, I, I'm a loss lost for what else to say. Thank you, Apple. Thank you, my manager. Thank you, my agent, Jill and Sasha. Thank you to all of you. And this is for every little res kid, every little urban kid, every little native kid out there who has a dream who is seeing themselves represented and our stories told by ourselves in our own words um, with tremendous allies and uh, tremendous trust from with and from each other. So (laughs) thank you all so much.
1: the golden globes and what it means for the oscars but even if you haven't seen everything that's still totally fine like poor things is still pretty hard for a lot of people to see unfortunately Mm -hmm. i kind of lucked out to where i was able to catch it pretty early but even i know like anatomy of a fall and um that the um the nazi movie uh (laughs) Uh, if, a Nazi if,
2: movie. I'm, I'm
1: blanking on what it's even called, but um, I don't.
2: I'm not sure if I know. It's. I feel it like I should is, know.
1: Who's in it? Uh, it's Nazis. <laughs> 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 no, uh, Zone of Interest. Zone of Interest. Yeah. Um, oh, is that
2: what that's about?
1: Well, yeah, it's not a spoiler, but yeah, it's. Um, I don't know the fine details because I kind of skipped it, but basically, from what I've heard, it's about. Have you seen the trailer for *His Own of Interest?
2: I have not seen it, and I have not seen anything else from that filmmaker, but I heard he's a wonderful filmmaker. I'm like, okay, I guess I gotta see this movie.
1: The trailer, it shows you kind of this, like, well-to-do, very crisp, very clean-cut family, but the guy... I think it's kind of an easy tell that, like, he's hyper-conservative, and so it's basically about, like him and his family but also they're Nazis and some shit happens. So but it's but okay. again like but again they've only been playing trailers and even like select movies. So yeah I don't
2: think I've seen the trailer for that I've just seen the poster which is just like a yard at night. Right? <laughs>
1: <That's>, yeah <something laughs> I'm very- like
2: oh okay oh. it's a zone of interest <laughs> yeah
1: the zone is grass so uh so no but like, that's
2: takes my interest
1: <laughs> yeah but that that's not even i don't think it's available in america uh well no it's not available in america it hasn't like okay. released yet so it's like if critics watch it but like regular shmegulars can't watch it is it really out did you watch the golden globes
2: i saw some of it i was like doing something and i don't have cable uh but oh, i was with my cool. mom <laughs> and she was watching it She was like hey watch it with me So I watched some of it um, I didn't see all of it I kind of wish I did Because I feel like it would have helped me be more prepared
1: <laughs> You know the funny thing is They were actually streaming it for free Through goldenglobes.com Oh okay <laughs> And like they, they, like no one advertised it I legit just went to Their website just to see And they were streaming Basically a fan cam
0: where uh-huh.
1: during the commercials, they didn't show any commercials. They just basically showed, like, a hall. And so you see, like, celebrities just interacting. So I saw, like, Scorsese and Spielberg chopping it up. And you know how on the internet they're talking, like, um, I guess, Selena Gomez and yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Taylor Swift? <laughs> like, that came because of the fan cam shot. Like, if they weren't doing the fan cam, like, that would n- never even came out. So, I was watching that, like, for the free the the MacBooks. Wow. So,
2: this is uh, going to make the celebrities just be silent. <laughs> like, <no. laughs> uh, like, I ain't got anything to say.
1: They're, like, that in public for the most part anyway, so. Right. It's, it's not going to change much.
2: But, like, it sucks for them because you're supposed to be able to, like, act wild at an award show. So, now they got to worry about fan cam?
1: And Golden Globes is known for serving, like, alcohol. So like they have like champagne, I tell you, but they give people cocktails. Like so, it's it's like more of a thing to where people have to kind of watch themselves even more. But did you miss much with the Golden Globes? Not really. I
2: mean, I pretty much know who won. Yeah. Yeah. The the,
1: the host was.
2: I've heard this.
1: Awful! He was so bad. (laughs) I wish
2: I watched it now because I want to see somebody bomb.
1: Oh no 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 no! (laughs) But no, there's no 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 man like bombing. Because the funny thing is, he, like, threw his writers under the bus. like in, I like, saw that! That was he, crazy. So, he was bombing, like, very quickly. And then he said, well, I only had 10 days to prepare. And it's like, we don't care about that. Like, you're here. Make joke. Make laugh. That's
2: freaking unprofessional, in my opinion. Like... Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, the funny thing is, he, he made a joke about Taylor Swift. And it was, I think... It was quasi benign. It wasn't funny, and then the sure internet basically roasted his ass. But the funny thing is, if if he would have said something that was actually funny, then it would have been like you know a little roast or whatever. But because he sucked, like he like he's having the worst night of everybody there, and like people lost awards. So so right. um, so he he was not very good. But the actual awards themselves, the winners, I think. I didn't find very much surprising. I think the only thing I I found truly surprising was the love for Anatomy of a Fall. I think it's really good. It won Best Script and Best International Feature. Well, I think non-English feature, even though there were half, English in the movie, but that's neither here and there. Um, but um I think it was a little bit chalk. Like I think when Oppenheimer came out, I think for the very most part the sentiment was it was gonna do well with the award season and it won best drama, best director, and best lead actor. So I think it was kind of chalk. I know you said you wanted to watch Poor Things and Amazon uh-huh. did win um best actress in yeah. the yeah. I think it's, and totally,
2: I had a feeling like, she was gonna win. I don't know why.
1: <laughs> I don't think Poor Things is polarizing. I know there have been a couple of people who, a couple of critics who didn't like it, but I, uh-huh. I thought the movie was great. And when I watched it, I was thinking to myself, this is someone who's probably gonna get the Oscar. Right. Uh, but I think the energy around Lily Gladstone, I think is just like nonstop at this point, which right. I. I appreciate her as an actress. I really thought she was really good in Killers of the Fire Moon. And there's another movie that came out, I think, last year, but it's, like, super indie called The Unknown Country. Mm-hmm. And she's mm-hmm. really good. Like, she's great in that movie. She's actually better than that than Killers, I think. And I think her speech last night was phenomenal. And I think she showed up and showed out. I think it's kind of hers to lose when it comes to Oscars. But okay. I think it's a little bit of chalk. What you think about the winners?
2: Lily Gladstone, is she in lead? She's lead actress, or she's yeah. supporting?
1: So, well, that's actually kind of a funny thing. So the Golden Globe, right. they do lead actress in drama and lead actress in comedy, but in the Oscars, they're gonna run Lily as lead actress. And have you seen Killers? Yeah. I don't. I know why they're running her in lead actress. I fully support the importance of her in that category. But I just feel like in that movie, Leo is the lead. And like her and Bob De Niro are kind of the supporting of Leo. But I think she's going to run in lead. No, now I think like she is going to run a lead actress in the Oscars.
2: I mean, Uh, it made sense to me. I've never really thought about the semantics of lead actress. I just figure it's whoever is the lead actress in the movie who has, you know, the most character, or whatever. like it's not going to be somebody else. And I just I don't know. It's her story, you know, It's about the Osage. So it just makes sense for me, even though i've I've heard she doesn't have as much screen time or. Whatever you know Judy Dench had like three minutes In Shakespeare <laughs> <laughs> Yeah the, the
1: semantics <laughs> The semantics around lead And supporting I legitimately Think it's whatever The people who want To run choose And mm-hmm. so I know there's been like A little bit of contests With Barbie running an Adapted screenplay versus original screenplay But I think for Mm -hmm. the most part, I think screenplay category is pretty black and white. But for lead and supporting actor, like, I think someone broke it down. And I think Lily was in Killers for, like, like 20% of the movie, Uh which I think I think if you're breaking it down in that kind of terms, like very meticulously and like scientifically like that, it takes away what the art of filmmaking actually is. And when you walk out of the movie, like, she is the thing. Like, she is the reason for the season in Killers of the Flower Moon. So, I think when I first watched it, because Leo is so prominent in it, I think Marty does a good job of showing the Osage, but the white people are just so prominently in it that they just happen to kind of take the lead in it. Apparently, I think... Like, Bob De Niro is in either equal amount or more than Lily Gladstone, but he would definitely be running in supporter not lead. So uh-huh. it's it's just all semantics. But, if like, poor things, like Emma Emma Stone, you know, she is the movie. Like, she's the poster. Yeah, yeah. It, she's clearly, like, the number one in that movie. And uh-huh. so I think it'd be pretty interesting as far as, I think basically it's going to be swinging her and Emma Stone when it comes down to the actual winners. And I wonder if the energy around Lily will grow from now to the Oscars. I think it will. Like, I think she was adorable in the Golden Globes last night. And poor things, again, because it's so limited, so few people have watched it. There's not a lot of energy around it. Right. People just feel as if it will be a good movie. Yeah. But for Killers of the Flower Moon... Like it did pretty decent business in the theaters, but now it's on Apple Plus TV, and so dozens of millions of people will be exposed to it, where poor things just does not have that exposure yet. Uh huh.
2: So. Well, and then also there's the thing of she already has an Oscar. Yes, yeah, so definitely, she has will a- have tons of opportunity to get another Oscar because that demographic has that down, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm always like, oh, well, she's a white lady. She's going to get another chance, you know? <laughs> uh, and, Let's and, be for real.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think for her career, has been pretty... I think for the choices that she's made in her career so far, mm-hmm. um, other than the one where she played, like, the Asian, I think that was her, with... Um...
2: Oh, <laughs> the way you phrased it, um, she played the Asian... <laughs>
1: I mean, she she did.
2: You mean Aloha.
1: Yes. Unfortunately, yes. I mean Aloha, yes. I think other than that choice, I think a lot of her choices have been, especially like recently have been pretty good. And Mm -hmm. I think she has pretty good taste when it comes to these movies. And so, like, if you said she's going to be in a movie in 2025 or 26 where she's going to be Oscar nominee favorite again, I would not Mm -hmm. be surprised by that at all.
2: So. Right, and it was, its interesting because she was supposed to be the the lead in Babylon. She was supposed to be Margot's character, and so oh, really? I've been hearing that people are like comparing or, or saying that Poor Things is in conversation with Barbie, and it's just interesting to think like maybe, maybe if she hadn't taken this role, maybe they would have given it to Margot. I don't know. <laughs> is Margot just like the alternate Emma Stone? You
1: know? <laughs> oh, that's that's interesting. Those roles do have similarities. They're ultimately kind of about a, a woman exploring her autonomy.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And I think if you kind of boil it down on that respect, I think the roles are pretty similar, but the energies around the movies are still very different. Right, um, yeah. Actually, the funny thing is like we don't we don't even really experience the high of Barbie very much like uh-huh. from the opening credits until the party, when she says, don't you ever think about dying from uh-huh. there, there's no more like happy go lucky, like pep, like we, like uh-huh. we get sucked into the real world, which a lot of people dislike. <laughs> um And then it's a little bit more of like, kind of like her finding herself, but poor things you're in like that frenetic high much longer like
2: okay
1: like you're you're in it for like probably like the first hour of the movie where in barbie you're in it for like the first 10 minutes of the movie mm. so it's it's a bit different energy i'd be interested to see what you think about poor things i think poor things is i think it's a really fun movie
2: yeah with yorgos i really like the favorite i might have seen the lobster first or the favorite, I can't remember. I knew what the lobster was going for, but it just didn't connect with me really. And then I just recently, I think, because I was like, I'm going to watch Saltburn. Let me watch this other Barry Keoghan movie. <laughs> and I yeah. and I watched uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer, and I loved that, which I was surprised by. I was just like, Oh, I'm loving this so much. Do you want to move on to Saltburn? <laughs> well, that's an w- awards contender, so I guess.
1: Actually, no. So. Saltburn didn't get anything from the Golden Globes, right, right. and I think I like Saltburn a lot. But I did a poll on Twitter between Saltburn and May December of which was the more polarizing movie of last year, and Saltburn won. Other than Roseman Pike, I don't know if there is going to get nominated. Um, right. Yeah. I don't think Best Director. I don't think that's going to get nominated. It may get like a like a cinematography nomination. Right. Um, I think the lead actor field is just costuming.
2: I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Actually,
1: I think, yeah, I think it could, well, I wonder if it could get nominated for costuming. I think like I wouldn't be mad if it got nominated, but if you see poor things, you right. see which should be the winner of that. Um, but <laughs> I think Saltborn has a lot of like darkness to it. But I I enjoyed the darkness behind it. And I think that there are a lot of people who were kind of upset that the movie wasn't making grander points about society and wealth and class, where the movie touches on it, but then it's going to the next thing. And I think people uh-huh. were wanting the movie to be this, like, grander statement on it, when it's not really that. Like, it's a—I don't know if it's—well, I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't watched it, but uh-huh. it's it's really just about a guy who— He's observing this, these people in this wealth. And, you know, he has desire, whether it's for money or for lust. Like, he kind of covets what he sees. And that's uh-huh. what the movie is about, ultimately. It's not like, we're going to watch this and, and know about the wealth gaps in Britain. Like, it's not out to do that. And I think a lot of people were disappointed by that. But me, I wasn't looking for that in the movie. And so I really liked it. It would be great if Barry got the nomination for it. I don't know if he will, but it would still be great if he did.
2: Yeah. I mean, that wasn't my problem with the movie at all. <laughs> but I can't really say what that is without spoiling it.
1: You're now entering the spoiler zone. What do you think of the salt burn?
2: Because everybody had just hyped it to like this crazy degree. And I was just like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for the salt burn. And I actually was kind of feeling it in the beginning. I've heard some people compare it to like like a kind of gossip girl vibe and it was kind of that in the beginning and I definitely got you know the humor and everything but at a certain point I just was totally uninterested Wow! (laughs) and I watched this immediately after Killing of a Sacred Deer and this is my takeaway this is Killing of a Sacred Deer like this is her version of it (laughs) and and it's just so ineffective in that way and then the ending the ending with that Plot twist. I could not take it. Like, do you think we're dumb? (laughs) I could not take Uh it seriously.
1: What uh, what plot twist? Which one?
2: Well, when he basically does his little monologue, he's like, oh, I've been scheming against you the whole entire time. Yeah, we already knew that. What was his name? Oliver? was his name Oliver or was his name I kept confusing their names I don't know why (laughs) we already knew that Oliver we already knew you were scheming against them the whole time we already knew you were weird so like (laughs) what does this reveal
1: (laughs) Uh, I mean there, there are certain people who certain people in your audience that they may not get it and so kind of exposition dumps like you have to kind of explain them how everything went down or whatever this, and... That would
2: have to be a really dumb audience because I'm pretty sure I could show this to my mom and she'd be like, that guy is weird. My mom, she guessed the plot of Scream and she was like, that guy is weird. He's the killer.
1: Hilarious.
2: <laughs> my mom has a thing with faces and yeah, she would have figured it out. <laughs>
1: I mean, no, like, I think that's also kind of another tell of the movie to where it's really not trying to do these other things. It's all there. We see him lick this tub. Like, well, garbage. tub. See him lie to the mother. And so, yeah, there's no real surprises in it. I think the only real, not necessarily surprise, so to speak, but it's just the curiosity of, we know he killed him. How did he actually do it? Right. And, and, and like, you see it and it's like, okay, well, that's how he did it. Like, that's it. So I was intrigued all the way through. Mostly because I, I just wanted to see how he would get away with it. And so there's a moment when when the black kid comes back. And then he's like, he's, he says, I always come back. And so at that moment, you're kind of thinking of, well, maybe he won't get away with it. And then uh-huh. he still gets everything done anyway. So
2: Yeah, um, I have no idea why or how. Or. It's strange to me. And then also, I just wasn't even interesting to find out. I don't know. I got to rewatch that. It doesn't help that people kept comparing it to the talented Mr. Ripley, which
1: I just think is... It's <laughs> so, so, yeah, like, and I think, I think people were very quick to spoil this movie. They even were. Like, <laughs> like Even you said, like, the... Because the funny thing is, like, I told someone I could describe this movie in four words, and when I do it, it will immediately spoil it for you. And the four words are talented, the talented Mr. Ripley or whatever. hmm and so, like, yeah, like, people were quick to spoil it. And also, it's so funny, like, the disconnect between what different people see and what different people view is wild. Because the movie was definitely wild, but it was, like, there were people who were saying, like, this is on the level of kids or 13. Right. And yeah. other people were, like, a oh, woman we'll received fellatio on her period. That's not really wild. That's just running right. Like,
2: and then you could barely see anything in that scene. I'm like, okay, but it, like it's totally dark. So like, is this that that really risque? <laughs> yeah.
1: So, and so I think I think a lot of people in the front end who saw it were overselling the the risqueness of it. But for mm-hmm. people like me, it's like this is this is a wild movie. But I've sat through thirteen. I've sat through kids. I've sat through numerous horror movies like. It's wild for twenty twenty-three standards, but it's not wild if you've watched or live life. So so it's like, you know, I think people just really oversold it and I, I think people spoil it, obviously. And so I think Saulburn I think it's a little bit of a victim of of that, but you know, shit happens. I'm you know? <laughs>
2: really getting tired of I guess I have to speak in particular on Twitter of people just spoiling things that you, if you don't know it, like if you don't know the context, you don't really know, but you have that in mind. And then once you go in and you see the movie, there's this line from um Yarn Claw that people keep on saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like you guys are such jerks. Like how dare you? I didn't know anything about this wrestling family and yeah. you know it'd be nice if i could be in the dark
1: about that <laughs> yeah so i think I, i'm very anti-spoiler culture so it's getting pretty bad out here but was there anything else on the golden globes or i guess on the oscars in general that you were thinking about it's so funny like bradley cooper it's <sighs> bless his heart He's trying to go for the Oscar. That's just just not going to happen. Like, right. it's really not.
2: I've been seeing, like, a lot of, like, interesting discourse with that. Have you seen Maestro?
1: I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it, no. Okay. But you yeah, I wasn't a fan it,
2: but... of it. The photography and everything was great. I could see how much he cared. And I do think that's a good thing. But I just, I'm just bewildered by, you know, some of the things that they've put out to the press. Him saying it took him like, seven years to learn how to conduct,
1: <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm not even, so like, silly. hating, it's, like, I used yeah. to be an orchestra, like, it, it don't take that much to learn how to conduct, <laughs> especially when he's not really, like, learning how to conduct, it's just perplexing to me, is all, and, you know, yeah. it sucks that he put in all that work, and did they get anything from the Globes?
1: Um, no, so, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... and I, like,
2: the people have been making it into, like, memes and stuff, and it's, so like, uh, and then the whole you know, the nose thing that I guess we're all just gonna like move on past.
1: Oh, you know, <laughs> it's like, that's yeah. just like this, this is bad juju. Well, oh, shit. uh, <laughs> no pun intended, uh, but nah, man. You know, the funny thing is, he'll probably get the nomination, but it'll probably be over someone who deserves it. I haven't seen it, but. I'm gonna ask you who would you rather see get the nomination, him or Barry Keoghan for Saltburn?
2: <laughs> I'd rather see Barry Keoghan, and it's not even because I like Saltburn or I think he's a great actor and he probably deserves to be nominated all the time, so I'm okay with that. I did yeah. not like Bradley's performance in Maestro. It was not it for me. It was that... not it at all. <laughs>
1: I've heard I don't even know it. if
2: he was capturing Leonard Bernstein. I don't know anything about him. And I'm not even saying that's a flaw. A lot of people are saying like that's a flaw of the movie. You you didn't really learn anything about him. I just don't even think what they covered was interesting enough. It's like, hey, let's make a movie about Leonard Bernstein, but it's really about his closeted marriage. Isn't that so interesting to learn about? Like, what? That's not an interesting story. A lot of people are in closeted marriages at the time. (laughs) Why would I want that to be the full extent of this picture? It doesn't even have to be about his career. I want to know about his mind. All I heard was like, this guy talking and let me not say something
1: <laughs> hilarious um so yeah like i mean that's, I just
2: didn't like it. <laughs> yeah
1: and that's and that's why i never well that's why i haven't watched it and that's why i don't think i'm going to watch it i mean because the funny thing is like I was never gonna watch Stars Born, but people like
2: I loved aren't... the Stars Born. That oh, was yeah. great.
1: People sold me on that. I watched it. I cried. I think I watched it twice. I cried both times. Oh really? Yeah. When Born, did you yeah. Try? Oh, I mean the end. So oh. the end when they're doing the tribute song and then he they he comes back. Like that mm-hmm. that was it. Like that was that was pretty wild. And but again, like that's just kind of an example of if you have quality People want to talk about it, and so it'll eventually get out there if, if you're making good shit. And so far, I've not heard I've I haven't heard any good things mm-hmm. about my show other than it looks pretty. <laughs> that's like that's it. So
2: yeah, no, I've heard like a lot of people like it, and I I respect that. I just didn't like it. Now I feel like a hater because all I've talked about are things I didn't like. So uh, no,
1: <laughs> so I think the I think the last movie to kind of talk about is Holdovers. Did you like the Holdovers?
2: I like the holdovers, yeah. All right, there we um, go. Save which you, It's unfortunate, because right. that has some bad juju attached to it as well. whole Alexander Payne thing, which I guess we can't talk about here. <laughs>
1: uh, no, we. I mean, we can, we can. We definitely can. Of the movie itself, I think he's going to get nominated for Best Picture. Depending on how you feel about him, he probably will get nominated for Best Director. Giamatti won for Lead Actor in a Comedy.
2: Right, but- yeah, I saw that, yeah.
1: Divine joy Randolph, she won Best Lead Actress, which in a in a comedy, uh which I fully approve of. Oh no, I said lead I'm sorry. Supporting was supporting, my bad. Okay, I was
2: about to say, uh, yeah, semantics.
1: <laughs> uh, that's definitely a semantics one. Oh wow. Did the kid
2: get nominated?
1: Oh no, he did not.
2: Oh. So
1: he didn't get nominated. I should
2: say Dominic Sessa,
1: right? Yeah, Dominic Sessa, yeah. Okay. I think for the movie itself, in full, like, for full disclosure, like, I love Sideways. Like, Sideways is one of my favorite movies ever. And Uh so, it's this kind of thing of where if we want to, for anyone, not just for him, but for anyone, like, it's definitely important to acknowledge, like, their past doings. Especially if you're kind of going into the movie and you're kind of thinking about that it's important to acknowledge it. When I saw Holdover's, Either I forgot or I kind of wasn't really aware. And then it kind of came out later. Yo, yo, yo. Really quickly, just to be very clear on the Alexander Payne situation, in 2020, Rose McGowan, an actress who gained fame in the 90s, stated that when she was 15, Payne showed her a softcore pornography film that he directed under a pseudonym and had sex with her. Payne claims that they met in 1991 when the actress would have been 18, had a few dates, but remained cordial throughout the years. McGowan responded with fuck him and his lies. Since then, and at the time of this recording, no new accusations against Payne have been made. Back to the show. So, yeah, and so that's a very serious allegation. And so I don't think that is something to, to skirt over at all. And so I know for a lot of people who are enjoying Divine's ascension and who've always loved Paul Giamatti, but now you're kind of reckoning with now the directors, he may be a piece of shit. So, you know, right. you and not just for him, but for a lot of the entertainers, like singers, artists, just in general, or just people in our lives, like we kind of have to reckon, reconcile that with. And so he's not any exception to that. Um, right. So, yeah, so that, that definitely has some bad Gigi behind it too. But for Giamatti, I definitely think he's going to get nominated for Best Lead Actor I think Divine, she's going to surely nominate nominated for Supporting Actress, and she's going to win Supporting Actress. I think for her, like, the energy is just fully there. If that has happened for her and for him, I'd be be very happy for that. I don't think he's going to be Nolan when it comes to Best Director, but um, even if he gets nominated—
2: yeah, yeah,
1: no. Even if he gets nominated, you know, it's still—people should still be having the conversations of this is what he was accused of. And so he denied it. Obviously, but uh, right. <laughs> uh, but but even still, like it's kind of a thing of, you know, are we going to believe women or not? So uh-huh. some people do, some people don't. So yeah. Coming down the aisle, representing the hyphen podcast group. They are the unbeatable team of i B-. I'm just saying,
0: you worked yourself into a shoot, answer the question. Handsome Bane. My,
1: my firm belief is a DDT should beat anybody. Showing mad love. What do you mean this, Batman? It's you going to pink. Anomalous.
2: Diggity dough. And Cat
0: This is what Brock Lesnar thinks he looks like, if Brock (laughs) Lesnar were a beautiful woman.
1: They are the WrestleCast. Power
0: There's nothing that's been more important or vital to me culturally, artistically, than the color purple. It is a solid base of spiritual and emotional power for me. Every woman and man who has been invisible, who has felt unseen and unvalued, this is their story. Today, our teacher taught us about a place called Africa. Our moms come from Queens over there. You
2: know what that means. We royalty.
1: The original film is one of the cornerstones of culture, certainly black culture.
0: What if we put it back out into the world and kind of paint our own version of it? We want to connect with the younger generation. Blitz is our incredible director. He's putting a little modern twist to it, but still capturing the essence of what this film means. It's a story
2: of finding yourself and living it and going after it, no matter what.
0: It's about sisterhood (laughs) and redemption. Where you get to see all these strong women shine and be who they're truly meant to be.
1: A lot of women. You seem like trouble.
0: Now I come here out of respect.
1: But if there ain't nothing to get, that show ain't nothing to get.
2: I did see The Color Purple. You could talk about that. Have you seen that?
1: Yeah. So for The Color Purple, it didn't get any... Nom- well, no, I'm sorry. Fantasia did get nominated for Best Lead Actress. But I think this movie is definitely hard to talk about without acknowledging the book or the '85 movie by Spielberg. Right. I saw I saw in your letterbox you gave the original *Color Purple* movie five stars. Is that right?
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh,
1: so what's your history with '85 *Color Purple*?
2: It's just a black staple. Like, it's just great. It's interesting that Spielberg directed it, and I feel like a part of why it's so good is because there were so many Black creatives involved in the making of it. I know that because of the time, they had to take away a lot of the queerness. But I feel like, in spite of that, it's like they worked around that. You know, like, even when I watched that when I was young, I was just like, oh, okay. I didn't know what lesbians were, but I knew that. (laughs) You know, it's like, (laughs) this this is what this is. You know? And I just think it's a beautiful movie. It's like one of the few movies that when I watch it I just I know I'm going to cry at the end <laughs> I just know I'm yeah. going to cry at the end
1: I think critically the movie is this lives in this very weird realm of where I think mean, culturally like black folks like love color purple I like I don't say this in an exaggerated way obviously like VHS tapes right like in the 90s you would go in people's houses and they would have like like 10 or twenty or hundred VHS tapes I swear, I've never gone to a black person's house in the 90s and not have seen The Color Purple VHS. Oh,
2: really? Like,
1: yeah, like, <laughs> it, like most women or, well, girls at the time growing up, like, most girls that I knew who watched a movie, that was their favorite movie. And mm-hmm. so, like, it was, like, a staple for, like, just, you know, regular schmegler black folks. But then, critically, a lot of black thinkers at the time kind of accused it of creating negative stereotypes for black men like you mentioned like the queerness being removed from it and Mm -hmm. so i think some of that is valid but i think a lot i think some of it is not also like the idea that the movie creates or at the time propagated negative stereotypes of black men but if you have a slanted perspective of only looking at from the men's perspective you're fully the beautiful experience that women can feel toward each other. Like, Mm -hmm. Silly's kinship with her sister is beautiful. And when they get reunited at the end, like, that is beauty. Even though Spielberg didn't really dive into the eroticism of Silly's and Sugar's relationship, how their relationship grows in 85, that is beautiful to experience. And so Mm -hmm. I think with Spielberg who you know he got criticized for ha- for having a-, a Peter Pan phase to where all of his movies had this kind of like slanted hopeful viewpoint on it i think for this story i think that's actually kind of a beautiful thing to where we have a, a very hard story like Sealy's life like is very hard but i think the hopefulness that stolberg in- instills in that movie is pretty beautiful to experience my favorite scene in 85 in is when it's ceiling and Sugar they're talking in the field and then she's you know the color purple line is dropped and they're like having that conversation and if you just look at the shot like just look at the it's photography that's like yeah. it, it's like majestic for more than anything God
2: love admiration you saying God is vain no no not vain just wanting to share a good thing I think it pisses God off if you walk by the color purple in a field and don't notice it. Well, you saying it just want to be loved, like I say in the Bible. Yeah, silly. Everything want to be loved. Us sing and dance and holler, just trying to be loved. Look at them trees. Ever
0: notice how trees do everything to get attention that we do, except walk.
1: Oh,
2: Miss Celia, feels like
1: saying it. I was going to say, if we did it today, it would not look like that. And
2: right, because it. it would did look it. purple. <laughs> if
1: we did it today, it does not look like that scene at all. And so <laughs> I think 85 is a very wondrous movie. I don't find it harmful to men. I think even the queerness of it, like, he kind of touches on it. And I think if you're a queer person watching it, if you want to feel the way that it wasn't like it was in the book, I mean, because in the book it gets like very erotic, but it's like, you know, would you rather have a movie like that where it's only going to be accessible to certain demographic of folks? Or do you want this to be experienced by men, women, girls, and boys, like of all ages and all demographics. And so, you know, Spielberg, he did the other route and it worked, I think. But what were your thoughts on 2020 color
2: purple i'll say this also i've never seen the musical i've never seen a production of it although one was actually performed and i think they won awards and stuff at my high school i've always wanted to see it but i don't know it just it felt very much like something that i feel like would have worked better on stage yeah i want to preface this by saying also that i love the performances of it i agree with everybody daniel brooks is a star like she's amazing anytime she was on screen i was just like i love her you know yeah is already like a spitfire as a character like she's just iconic you know <laughs> and yeah. oprah made her character iconic and i was just like yeah she's making this character iconic for me she made me cry um, which again i never i never usually cry until the end but yeah miss Sophia made me cry daniel brooks made me cry in this version, yeah. but it just wasn't working for me. The songs I just felt were kind of generic and and lackluster. Ooh, I'm glad you um, said this. I'm, I'm glad so you
1: sorry. said this. <laughs> no, I'm glad you. I'm glad you said this because I think for musicals last year I watched a lot of musicals, and so it's something that I'm, I'm getting a little bit more acclimated with as far as like my mu- my movie watching history. And I think for musicals there should be some like power behind the music it should be some not necessarily grit but if we're gonna put these words into song like we're trying to trying to communicate emotions effectively because Mm -hmm. if i can not have a conversation with you tell you my feelings at least give me a power ballad to tell you my feelings and then that's when like we can feel it and in the most recent episode that we did for dream girls for Jennifer Hudson to win the Oscar for that performance, it's because she put her emotions into that music and it was sort of undeniable about her energy behind it. But Mm -hmm. for this color purple, other than the I'm here song in the end by Fantasia, I didn't think the music had very much emotion to it. You know, but I would think... you
2: say it was the performances, or would you say because I think they were giving it at all? But it's like there's something about they're they're so generic sounding. I don't know if it's the lyrics. Ooh, I don't know. I feel like yeah. they didn't give them enough room to breathe. It felt like every line delivery was like, oh, uh, and uh, what is she, what does Sophia say? What she say? What's the line she says?
1: All my life, I had to fight. That was in the song.
2: Yes, no, she says that, and then immediately she's like, "Oh hell no, hell no, hell no, hell." I'm like, yeah. "What? That's a big line. You need to let us breathe and like feel the emotions of the scene. Everything was like, and it yeah. was just so. I don't know.
1: <laughs> no, no, it, it. so no. It is shorter than 85, and I keep saying 85. It better be 85. Or I'm
2: it is 85. Yeah.
1: Okay, cool. So it w- it was shorter than eighty five, and it, it really felt like they rushed through this. It felt like they rushed through this, right. the movie, the story, and so I appreciate that the movie took a bold swing of we're going to make this a Christian gospel soundtrack. But it we're didn't
2: go- feel like gospel to me. It felt like Lynn Manuel Miranda. <laughs> oh, Um, whatchamacallit the Wolverine no it felt like that but it also felt like how generic the songs felt in um, the Wolverine what's his musical what's his called
1: oh Greatest Showman on Earth
2: yes it felt like that I was like this does not feel like the time period this is I need to feel the soul in this you're talking about Dreamgirls those songs are like felt like authentic Motown this did not feel like authentic soul music it felt like Broadway music which is yeah. great. I love Broadway, but this is not that setting, you know? If you want us to feel immersed in your world and not be thinking about, hey, like, I think this might be better on the stage, then you need to immerse us by giving us authentic music because this is not it. And you can't, like, you're just wasting their voices. You're wasting Fantasia's voice. You're wasting Danielle's voice. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe I'm going to eat those words when I finally actually see a, a real production of it, but it just was not working for me here.
1: The music and the dance were very contemporary, and mm-hmm. it was a choice. It's uh, <laughs> so it's okay. like the juke joint. It's the second dance routine in the juke joint after it's built. No, no, it's the first one after it's built, and the lights go out, and then they start dancing. I love It's so it's like. I love that. Oh, I did. Like <laughs> it. it's, it's my favorite dance scene in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like, for, for whatever reason, the dutty wine works, and that's very contemporary. Uh-huh. But the music itself is contemporary, and it exactly. just doesn't. That's and that's kind of. She should have been
2: singing. She should have been singing, sister. Why did they put it at the end while they were wearing church clothes? She was supposed <laughs>
1: to come in. She was supposed
2: yeah. to serenade Sealy. She was supposed to say, sister. You've been on my mind.
1: Like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't get that. I didn't get that choice. I think problem with *Color Purple* 23 is, I think for the first hour and a half of the movie, Celie is not the central plot point of the movie. Uh-huh. There's no There's no narration from her. So the thing that 85 had is, we're on Celie's journey, and so the narration helps. Lend to that, but this one, the narration is gone. We're not observing the world through her eyes anymore. We're just in southern mm-hmm. Gothic Georgia. And so, the music, it, it, because it's not just Fantasia or Sealy's character singing, it's all these different characters singing. Our attention is pulled into these different directions when it really should have been her, the focal point, and then we kind of observe the world through her. And so, because it's like decentralized, the story is is too spread out now. And so I think that was a I think it was an fault in the movie right.
2: yeah. It's unfortunate, but you can't help but compare it to the eighty five, especially when it's it just does it so much better. you know
1: yeah, and I think <laughs> I guess the question is, how long can you wait to revisit a classic? And so I know for Spielberg, like he revisited West Side story. I have not seen either, so I don't have a dog in a fight. People what?
2: you've never seen the original West Side story?
1: Nope. I have not, no, oh, no.
2: My God.
1: But I mean, but oh but God. your Earth but Earth your Earth reaction Earth. is it though. Your reaction is it. Like I, I think a lot Yeah, of people... I
2: love that version. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Did you see Spielbergs?
2: You know what? I, I need to give it a second chance. See? I love the original <laughs> so much.
1: You see? And it's like and it's not that thing. it's
2: bad, but it's like a part of the original is you know, the staging, it's just like you see all the dancing and you see everything and it's great. It's this proscenium thing. It's like, yeah, I love this and I I, I love the, the casting of everything. Obviously, the brown face sucks. I feel like it's grander and I feel like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just but, don't feel like it needed to be made. <laughs> but,
1: but that's the thing, like remaking classics through these new lenses. And mm-hmm. so... What if just someone in five years remade Godfather? Even though mm-hmm. like Godfather is like fifty years old, you know, the the actors, God bless, Brando's not with us anymore. Pacino, he's getting up there, like rest in peace to John Gazelle, like he passed. And so Coppola's getting up there. And so this is a movie that is a staple. Like mm-hmm. when you think of American Crying dramas. American mm-hmm. Dramas. It starts with Godfather, but then if someone like in ten years or five years wanted to remake it, there's no way it could be as good as the original. And so I think we're revisiting Color Purple, I appreciate the different slant of we're not just gonna do a regular theatrical movie. We're gonna make it to a musical. I think right. I think that's at least a good attempt, at least revisiting the, the material. But it was a very solid movie. But I, th- mm-hmm. I just think that it kind of had, I think it kind of had some problems. But before I get into a little bit more of the problems, uh, was is there anything from the movie other than uh, what we already talked about that you want to say that you liked about the movie?
2: Oh yeah, I love Daniel Brooks. I love Fantasia.
1: Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, um... it, like
2: coleman Uh, domingo was good you know um there were some laughs that's about it i'm sorry (laughs)
1: i'm happy happy that we got to see lugasa jr i was very surprised i didn't know our brother was still with us so at least we got to see him you know
2: and whoopee pops in there too
1: Whoopi pops up i like heard she was in the movie but i like again people spoiler culture But it was still a nice surprise to actually see her in the movie. Yeah,
2: it was a surprise because I thought it was going to be like a blink and you'll miss it. Like she's in the congregation. No, she's a midwife. (laughs) She's delivering herself. Like
1: (laughs) delivering,
0: (laughs) you know what
1: I (laughs) mean? I think beyond that, I think there are two story choices that I just think are just like bad choices. Um, We talked a little bit about the all is my life, I had to fight song. But yeah. I think there's actually like a fundamental problem with the existence of that song. Because in, in this movie, it theorizes and sets up that Sophia beats Harpo. And then, in a response to that, Harpo beats her. And then her thing is I have to fight all my life. But it's like if you didn't beat up your husband, you wouldn't need to fight him. So, Wait, but
2: that was a thing in the original.
1: In the original, she didn't hit Harpo first. Harpo hit mm-hmm. her first. Okay. Yeah, so in the original, if you remember in 85, Harpo's complaining about, I can't get her in control, whatever. He never hit her. He's, mm-hmm. She's just a spark plug. So she never hit him in 85. The reason she says, all my life I have to fight, is because her husband beat her and she had to like defend herself uh-huh. but in this one she beats her husband up and then he beats her up in retaliation and then right. the song the song is like we have to stand up for ourselves women and it's like well if you didn't beat him up the existence of this song would not be needed so it's just weird
0: uh-huh.
1: I understand like having like a female empowerment song but you can't beat Men up, and then say we have to protect ourselves. <laughs> like, right. like, just that's just like not how logistics work. So <laughs> it's, it's like if if I beat up someone just like willy nilly, and then mm-hmm. I make a song to say I'm the victim of this crime. No, like no, I chose to give an actor a knot on his forehead, and so they retaliate, and so that's what it is. Right, and. I think the other decision that I think was a little bit strange is in this new version, um, Mr. He has a more.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. I know what you're going to say.
1: So in 85, like he kind of does the right thing without Mm -hmm. wanting the recognition for it. He just does it. Mm -hmm. But in this one, like I think to say there's no real redemption can be harsh, but if you're only doing the right thing so you can benefit from it, then it's not really doing the right thing. Like he in this movie when he brings back the sister, I don't know, it it just felt like it just felt weird to have him at the final dinner when yeah. he did like all these atrocious things. And then now because he did one thing like he's immediately back in the family that's just right. i think that's kind of a weird choice that the film made did yeah it
2: is interesting think that was right? um i didn't know if it was right i guess i initially when i watched it i agreed with you i was like i liked in how the original he's kind of like from afar I feel like with like Sealy, we're supposed to interpret at first, like, oh, this is like a gift from God and this happened and it wasn't like Mr.'s finally a good man or whatever. But then, uh, of course, Suge sees and she acknowledges and, like, that's okay. It's like, oh, okay, I know you're good. You know, like, just stay away
1: from yeah, her. <laughs> yeah, just stay away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just stay away. Stay it's,
2: like, it's almost like they were like, we need to be truthful to the novel, but then we also have to Christianize it, you know? It's like, oh, but like let's feel bad for Mister, like let's let him have a little, you know which is an interesting choice. Yeah, I mean (laughs) mean,
1: you know, forgiveness is definitely a a tenet of Christianity Right But that's, that's like, we just saw him slap the shit out of Seelie like ten minutes ago now, now, back in the Trust me, like that's kind of wild. Kill. Yeah, <laughs> we watched this man try to commit a rape on a teenage mm-hmm. girl. Like, nah, man, one plane ticket from Africa, that's not gonna do it. I'm sorry, like, it's mm-hmm. just not. I think forgiveness is, I think, when it comes to black folks, it's a very interesting thing because I think in America, black folks are expected to forgive way. Sooner, way more than I think
2: globally we're expected to forgive and yeah. within our own communities all of these
1: atrocities. <laughs> and <Yeah>. It's
2: ridiculous.
1: <laughs> and, and it's is kind of bullshit. It's kind of bullshit. Yeah. It There's no way around that. And so it's like, I'm a man. I don't know if I could forgive someone who is a possible reason and mm-hmm. a woman beater and a womanizer I don't know if I can just easily forgive that why would I ask my sister to to do the same to right. do that when I'm unwilling to do it myself and so it's I, not
2: even just forgiveness because with the way Celie's character is I have like no doubt that she would forgive mister but at the same time that doesn't mean she has to hang out with him that they have yeah. to have Easter dinner to d- together
1: yeah. <laughs> like yeah like if she kind of just acknowledges it just says, even if she just says, thank you. There's nothing wrong Ooh. with that. Thank you. Now, get the fuck away from the free food. Okay, like, that's, you're like,
2: not that's hexed it. anymore. Yeah. No way. <laughs> oh, oh, my
1: God. Can, can we speak about the claw? Yeah. It it, it was so poor. It felt so <laughs> Everything was forced. so
2: poor. The separation of her and Nettie at the beginning. Because you know the whole background with uh, Spielberg and how he told Nettie's actress, do Everything in your power to not let go of Celie's hand. And <laughs> you told Danny Glover, do everything in your power to separate them. And you feel that in that scene. like they're yeah. they're trying, they're struggling. And this it was like, uh oh, bye <laughs> <laughs>
1: you go in the mud. <laughs> everything
2: was so rushed,
1: yeah. And you know the funny thing is for Nettie, I know in 2023, our attention spans are not what they were 30, uh-huh. t- 40 years ago. I, I I fully acknowledge that. I'm fully aware of that. And I know a lot of people love time economy. So a lot of people don't want to sit through two and a half, three hour movies. However, comma, I think in the original movie, Nettie's storyline in Africa, if you dismiss that as inconsequential, then you're kind of missing that one, it maintains our connection with Nettie. And so right. we know, we know the love that silly has for Nettie because we're on our journey in Africa Two, it. Actually, it still sets up the connection of Celie has a connection to her kids that she doesn't know yet. Okay. And so, because we're in Africa with them, we still are feeling it. And so in this movie, because we don't have that centralization of Ceeley's story, when Sierra pops up at the end, it's like, oh hey, hey, I forgot about you. Hey, hey. what's going on? And so <laughs> it's like, you know, <laughs> they they did you know Africans in the on the Gulf Coast or whatever, and it was like, yeah, you know, it was it was cool for the dancing for the beautiful people, but we we needed to spend. I think that time would have been spending with them would have been great, and then we just didn't get it, and so. Nettie would just, her story and her presence would just g- gone for like vast portions of this movie. And so right. when she back, it's like, hey, it's like your cousin that you met when you were like four, and then they pop up when you're like 24. Like, oh, hey, what's up? Like, you know, it's just, this is that kind of the same.
2: Yeah. Let's also bring up there's been reported all these issues.
1: Oh, my God. They were cheap <laughs> as hell on that set, man. Like, what well, was like, going on? On <laughs> what, what, was, what was really going down? That is that's that's the question of this movie. What was really going down in that set? And so like they weren't trying to pay for drivers. There was and no
2: I, craft services,
1: right? In that food, they were. <laughs> it was no drivers. It was no craft services. It was actors sharing trailers, like you know At the beginning of this shit. <laughs> they were. they were Cheap. <laughs> like they're going the chizzy. And I think one perspective you can say, well, who cares if they didn't have drivers? They could drive themselves to set. They were given rental cars, but it's still like a liability of them people driving. And so mm-hmm. I don't. There was like one story of of one actor who I forget the actor's name. I forget the show, but he was on set for like eighteen hours. He had to drive himself back home, and he fell asleep at the wheel.
0: Oh and my so, god!
1: And do we want that happen? Well, one, that should not happen to anybody, but do we want that to happen to Fantasia? Sealy? Do you want yeah. to, like, sh- like, and so, and so that's, that's the purpose of drivers. And so last year was really about, you know, the crews for these movies and like the people behind the scenes that we don't see, but drivers are vital. Like they have to get people to where they're going safely. Right. Food is important. People need nourishment. Privacy is important. People need a place to be comfortable in. So, it was buck wild on that set, man. It was wild on that set. So
2: cutting corners, I guess, so they can give them a nice, well-rounded movie with a full runtime.
1: <laughs> I mean, they, they, they didn't even go to Africa. They were just on a beach in Georgia somewhere. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you get these grilled cheese sandwiches and be happy with them. So. Yeah, man, Uh, it's not what you want. And for Oprah, Spielberg, who's like an executive producer, like in Oprah's defense, she said she didn't know. She said Mm -hmm. when she was made aware, she made it right, which, yes. But let's just say no one on set spoke up. That was just going to be the thing that happened. And so I know Taraji, she said they gave her the price and she was like, "I can't do this. This is way too low." And so,
2: right. What did I you think of Taraji as Shug?
1: Ooh, um, so <laughs> I, I love everyone from DC. So I'm I'm biased from <laughs> DC. <sighs> she wasn't bad as Shook. Yeah. I think she had the beauty for the part. I think she had the spunk for the part. She had the tenacity. I'm comparing it, you know, to the original performance, which may not be fair to her, but that's kind of the reality of the situation. Uh, So I think the original performance from Margaret Avery in 85, I I think she was great in that movie. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I think, I think Taraji was okay. what do you think of her?
2: Yeah. I also feel like she did. Okay. I also, you know, again, wonder if the music was better, be even more wild. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I wish she got to sing Speak Lord for Real instead of... That was... that. That's one thing I have a problem with. In the original, she has this, you know...
1: Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, the grand... Issue with her
2: dad. Her dad does not forgive her for choosing the blues over the church. And every time she sees him, he's just like, I don't know you. I don't know her so yeah. she comes to church one time she plays the piano and sings with him one time and he's like, all's forgiven that's yeah. not the way it works <laughs>
1: yeah, they, they cut out they cut out that story you know, they cut out that story so, um... so we
2: could have this finale with this lackluster song that they replace it with instead <laughs> like yeah God is trying to <laughs> that's
0: what I want I <laughs> want if you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, rate us five stars, leave a review, and tell a friend to tell a friend. Follow Kat at Chinetti on X, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Follow Marcus at Show and Mad Love, S-H-O-W-I-N-M-A-D-L-O-V on X and Letterboxd. Follow the show at Kat and Mark on X. This podcast is executive produced by Kellen Conley and Eric Greenlee. Thanks for listening. We should do this again sometime.
1: This is a Hyphen Podcast production.